You are listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. My name is Sarah Mitchell. I'm the special needs coordinator here at Sunnybrook, and we are here for session three of our talk with Dr. Chin Wei Williams. Dr. Williams was here back in the fall for our amazing scene event. We loved having her here. Um, and I know I walked away from scene thinking, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Now, how do we get this information to our kids? So I am so excited about this new book coming out that you have beyond the spiral, and it's going to um, reach directly to them and give them the tools and the information they need to, to tackle their own mental health. So um, what we're, what we're going to be talking about specifically today um, is in terms of our special needs kiddos and our special needs families. So I'm just so grateful for this opportunity to um, gain some knowledge from you in, in regards to special needs. So um, you actually have a very... Um, a nice perspective about this because you are actually a special needs mama. Um, can you tell us about your kiddo and kind of your journey? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I, um, it, my husband and I, uh, we live in Georgia and it was the two of us for several years. And then people said, when are you going to have a baby? <laughs> as, they, as they often do. Sure. And we were like, huh, we should probably start thinking about that. So uh, we were married for actually three years when we decided to expand our party of two and Braden came into the world. And Beth, he was a healthy baby. There's an thing called the APGAR score that, you know, sort of um, assesses for signs of good physical health and vital signs and et cetera. And he scored a seven and out of seven. So he was born a perfectly healthy baby. Um, and he developed into a sweet, um, even chatty, constantly smiling toddler, all was well in our world. And then at three years old, um, things started to kind of crumble. So this is obviously something that I um, can go into great depth about. It's very sure. personal to me, but basically he went from being that kid um, that everybody wanted to like volunteer to babysit for free to um, having really really explosive meltdowns that didn't look like the typical toddler meltdowns. Um, uh, we would take him to restaurants. He went from being very calm to eliciting stares from other restaurant go goers. And we were um, just trying to figure out what to do. And as a mental health therapist, I am trained in different aspects of mental health. I had no idea about autism. <clears throat> so this uh, was a journey for my husband and I. So we dove in like so many parents um, with a child that has some special need. It's it, it can register as a trauma. It can register as something very painful. There's a grief process that goes along with it. And so we quickly dove into the world of speech therapy, equine therapy, occupational therapy, uh, behavioral therapies. We looked at dietary supplements. So it was um, years and years of just trying to figure out what's the best way to help our sweet boys. So that's my background, not professionally, but certainly, you know, journeying through just trying to figure out how to help um, Brayden the best way that we can, um, just to fulfill what God has for him. Absolutely. So that's kind of the, the beginning of our journey. Yeah. 
And we're still on it. (laughs) I know it's an everyday thing. Thank you for sharing that because I think that's going to resonate so much with our, our special needs parents here at Sunnybrook because all of us, although our stories are different, have all walked that story somehow. Um, We've all had to dive in. We've all experienced that trauma and that grief process of, you know, we're walking a different road than we ever expected to walk. So um, we we're all kind of in this secret club. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes, I do. I do. So um, I personally, most people here at Sunnybrook know this. Um, I have a son who's going to be 15 in August, who was diagnosed with autism when he was four. Um, love him to death. He's just yes. such a joy in our lives. And um, I met him. He's super handsome too, <laughs> by the way. We love him. And everybody here at church knows who Jacob is because he's just such a social butterfly. Um, he is going to be 15 in August. So now on top of him being our firstborn and um, having autism, we're dealing with things like testosterone and hormones and um, starting to see a little more aggression in this boy who was, you know, always so joyful. And mm-hmm. um, so I wondered, um, what are some... Um, what are some ways that we can help him? What's available to a special needs kiddo in dealing with their mental health? Yes. So um, that does come along. Aggression, um, erratic sleep patterns, um, sort of even anxiety, which comes along with, you know, adolescents that are, you know, typically developed developing um, or neurotypical adolescents. That's a part of uh, our journey as as parents who are um, raising kids who are now in their in their adolescence or well into their adolescence, and I will share very transparently that Braden is 11. He'll be 12 in April, and we are seeing the exact same thing. Um, and it's tough because we had a season where we weren't seeing aggressive behaviors, and that's not even his personality, but it's it's definitely coming up, and it's hard. It's hard, hard, hard. So let's just recognize that it is hard to raise kids kids, there's something very unique and particularly challenging raising a child with um, especially autism, because that comes with the aggression piece that a lot of other special needs kids don't have, but we don't pit, we don't, there's not, it's not a competition. It's all hard, right? right? (laughs) Exactly. It's all hard. So what I want to say just, and, you know, we'll get to, you know, services that are out, that are out there, but just as a mom, if you're facing um, what we just described, uh, just know that it could be a child with autism. It could be a child with Down syndrome. It could be a child with ADHD um, or some similar need. Uh, meltdowns are part of it. Aggressive behaviors can be part of it when they're adolescents. And it's very, very, very tough to manage. Um, so I like to give just sort of tips that really, you know, parents who are raising, you know, typical kids can use as well, but especially for our kids. And when I do get a chance to talk to teachers one-on-one, um, these are the things that they tell me really does work. So if your child is having a big reaction because they're feeling big things, because they're having big hormones, or they just don't like what you made for dinner, right? It could be anything, <laughs> right? Um And that's important to know, like we can come back and just talk about all the different triggers, right? For meltdowns, it could be, you know, when we can just mention them right now, anger and frustration, confusion. Like when my, when my child doesn't quite understand because with a lot of special needs is auditory processing issues. Um, When, when they don't fully understand what we're asking of them, and then maybe we're a little bit frustrated. So we ask again, I've seen 
irritation in him come from that. And then a big one, and this is what I've written about in a blog, and I'll give you guys the um, link to that. A big thing is sensory overstimulation, which can increase noise sensitivity increases in adolescence. It increases when we're under stress. It increases with old age. Your Jacob, um, does he have a lot of language? He really does. Um, I mean, he has things that he stumbles through, but um, he really is very good, good at communicating. But like that sensory, it's it's huge for him. It's huge. So my Braden has, you know, he's got to wear the headphones. We've yeah, got to, even if there's so much stuff on the wall. So I talked to ministry leaders about, mm. you know, sort of reducing things on the wall. And here's okay. something that's a, probably a little bit controversial, but I want people to hear me out. I've seen teachers shift the desk towards a blank wall for a child that's having a hard time. Now, some people would say that's separating the kid and that goes against attachment. Um, but no, it's paying attention to their unique needs. There's too much stimulation, right? Yes, so yes. that actually, my, my Braden loves to be like in a cocoon. And at home, we don't see as much meltdowns as yeah. now we're seeing at school, but it's because school is noisy and busy and colorful and the fluorescent lights, which I didn't like when I was in school, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So, so just knowing the triggers and then here are the quick tips for the sake, sake of time, yes. staying as calm as possible when your child is um, being explosive, take deep breaths and here, here are tips for parents to stay calm, take deep breaths, enlist the help of Jesus by a prayer. And I'm not kidding or silently repeating a mantra or scripture to yourself, right? Um, whatever it takes to um, help you to kind of regulate your own nervous system, they're going to pick up on that. And they're also going to pick up on our frustration. So it's really helpful to do that. And when they're having their meltdowns, remove any sort of, you know, dangerous or unsafe objects that could be thrown or used to hurt you or someone else. And then here's a big one, Beth, avoid talking during their meltdown which is tough for parents because we can get triggered. But for some kids, the talking is additional stimulation. Mm, Avoid okay. eye contact. For some kids, that indicates that you're mad at them, right? And because if we're frustrated, it's hard to be gentle with our eye contact. So sometimes you have to kind of look away and that will help them to regulate, which is opposite with a kid who's not um, overly stimulated because looking yes. at them in a gentle way can actually calm them. So that's a big difference that I want parents to know. And then moving them to a safe location. So in general, we want to avoid any sort of physical punishment. They're not trying to be bad kids. This is a medical condition. This is a diagnosis that they cannot help. They love you. They need you. They need us to be calm in order to help them to find a place of calm. Um, yes. and, and then I can talk a little bit about a, a, a website that might be helpful for families, but you let me know if we have time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's amazing information. And I think not only is that going to be amazing for our parents to hear, but also like our ministry volunteers and things like that as they're dealing with our kiddos on, on Sunday mornings. So Good point. excellent. Beautiful, point. Yes. beautiful information. Okay, so um, lastly, um, we'll wrap up with this. So um, a few evenings ago, I was able to attend a screening of a documentary 
um, that dove into the lives of um, parents with a child with profound special needs um, and their lives as caregivers. It's a 24-7 job. And um, yes, I have a son with autism, but um, I don't even feel like my life is stressful to the extent that theirs is. But I think there's... Um, there's not awareness around the general population that this is happening. And these parents are, they have a 24 seven commitment that mm -hmm. they didn't necessarily sign up for, you know what I mean? But they love their kiddos. So, you know, you wake up every day and do what you have to do. Yeah. So what are the best things that we as a church and as a church community um, can be doing or saying to support our parents and our special needs families? Excellent question. And I want to highlight exactly what you just said by saying this. Parents who are raising any child with any sort of developmental or behavioral challenge are setting aside their own physical health often, their emotional health, their um, friendships, their hobbies, their ability to travel for work, uh, to solely focus on their child. And I could get tearful talking about the season where we just didn't go to church. We just couldn't, right? So just with that premise, that's what ministry leaders need to understand that, like you said, this is a 24-7 job and it's a version of extreme parenting. So with that being said, it's important to provide any form of respite. And I know it's going to depend on the budget, the resources, the volunteers. Um, but if you're able to provide any sort of respite, which is just a term that means short-term care for a child or an adult that has a, a special need to allow the primary caregiver to just be, right? So we talk about resources and strategies for the kids, but yeah. the parents, the caregivers need it, to your point, that documentary unseen, right? So um, there are different ways that families can find respite care for autism. There is a national respite network, and I can find the link and send it to you guys uh, to yes, put in the show notes. Yes, um, there's. they have got a guide that's, I think, called the Nine Steps to Respite Care. Please take advantage of that. Churches do a beautiful job. They can't offer it all the time. But um, if you are a church or a ministry leader, if there's a way that you can do it, even for three hours, my church did one where we were able to have breakfast and spend time with my younger child, right? Yes. And they did a beautiful job. They ended up having more volunteers than they did students. <laughs> It's a good problem. It's a good problem to have. It's a great problem to have. But yes. then what happened was there were no issues, right? So then parents yes. feel comfortable, the volunteers feel comfortable, yes. and then we can do it again. We can yes. have it again, which is so beautiful. So you want to set yourself up for success. Um, TACA, T-A-C-A. -A, I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Um, it's, it's a community, autism community. And I know I'm speaking specifically about autism because that's my world. I wish I had more resources for other families, sure. but um, TACA stands for the Autism Community in Action, uh, T-A-C-A, and it provides education, it provides support, it provides resources, and most importantly, it provides empowerment. Um, in my neck of the woods, there's something called Miles Apart. It's a mom who formed this nonprofit um, based on her son who has autism. His name is Miles, and she raises money so couples can go for an overnight retreat. And I've, have you heard of Windshape, the Chick-fil-A no. folks? 
Yeah, the Chick-fil-A folks ha have a partnership um, where they do retreats for couples, not just uh, about special needs, just couples in general. Sure. But this specific one was for couples with kids on the autism spectrum, and it was amazing. My husband and I got a chance to do it several years ago. I loved it so much. I ended up volunteering to make like the gift baskets for the for the parents. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. And that is so important. That's, that's one, um, that's one thing that's so important to me about our ministry, um, unlimited is that it does give, it gives mom and dad the chance to go, even if it's just for an hour on Sunday morning, go in, worship together, get yeah. refreshed together because you're living in that special needs reality, you know, seven days out of the week. Um, so we want to be able to provide that time so they can go and be refreshed and, um, you know, kind of giving them the opportunity to, um, recharge and, and help them be the parents they need to be throughout the rest of the week. You know what uh, I mean? A hundred percent. And on the ministry side, it's so helpful to partner with speech therapists, occupational therapists, mm -hmm. behavior therapists in the community who mm -hmm. can also be those volunteers. So that gives yes the volunteers and the ministry leaders peace of mind yes. that there's a professional in the room Absolutely. and parents get, and they may not be able to do it all the time, right? Our church has a, a rule that you have to, if you volunteer in the kids ministry, you've got to be there every week, which is safety for the kids. Um, but these professionals may not be, but we don't want to sacrifice, you know, uh, perfect good for the sake of perfect. Right. So Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Something to think about. Um, and yes. then I've got, I've got a couple of resources um, before we end. Is it okay to share or do you want yes, me to please. send Absolutely. it to you? Okay. Yes. So for parents specifically who are parenting kids with autism, but know that, you know, these books might be helpful if you have a child with a different special need, um, okay. raise, Raising Resilient Children with Autism Spectrum Disorders by Dr. Robert, Robert Brooks. Okay. Um, and and uh, I think he wrote with another guy, Dr. Sam Goldstein, I believe. Uh, so those those have um, really good parenting tools. And then I wrote a blog about my journey. Um, and I'll be honest with you, it took me years to be able to do this. People would ask me to and I just wasn't ready because sure. it was it was a trauma for me. Um, the, and it, and my husband and I could talk about everything else, but not autism. Uh, but finally, the Lord said, you're ready. And I, I wrote a blog for um, an organization called Parent Q. And the name of the blog, there were two blogs. But you'll be able to access one, um, the other one by going to one and the one that's called uh, seven practical tips to raising a child with autism is okay. a good is a good reference. We are just so thankful you've taken time out of your day to to chat with us. And um, we look forward to sharing these um, these podcasts with our community. So oh, it's my pleasure. And just God bless you, your family and your entire ministry. Um, thank you for what you do. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.